It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not and, uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hockey. Yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. And it is Judd's Hockey Show, while before Winnipeg 2, coming at you live. Appreciate all of you who are um, assembling to watch a show of a team that not that long ago was 10 points out of first place in the Central Division and now is in a virtual tie. Dallas does have a game in hand, 81 points for the Stars, 81 points for the Wild, 9-0-2 in their last 11. Marc-Andre Fleury, fantastic tonight. Uh, he basically won the game. Connor Hellenbach, the Jets goaltender, struggled mightily through two periods. He basically lost the game. A good road win, and we'll get to all of this, but uh, we got to get to, as I see, MN Wildfan57 has uh, posted prayers, prayer circle for Kirill as a uh, guy who went to uh, Catholic school for, what, approximately 13 years through high school, starting in grade school. I agree completely. Um, unfortunately, Declan Goff, it's Judd and Declan, by the way. Unfortunately, the headline to this game is not the win. It is Kirill Kaprizov, who was the only way I could put it in the third period. Um, he, he was sort of piled into on a hit that started fine by a guy named Logan Stanley for the Jets decks. And unfortunately, Stanley sort of completed the hit from behind Kirill's leg and knee twisted, and it looked like he might have uh, done something to his groin because he sort of did the splits, not expecting to. He left. He tried to. He left the ice. He tried to come back on during the next break to skate around, and then went to the locker room. But um, it did not look good for a guy who has not been hurt, thankfully, really at all. It did not look good. Yeah, not not the prettiest of plays there. Um, he went down kind of awkwardly and then, yeah, just kind of got pinned on that leg. Didn't put much weight off it. Had to skate off to the locker room. The Wild Worth out there, superstar player for basically the last 10 minutes um, of, the, of, of regulation. Uh, you know, I was talking with you and Jesse Pierce with another episode of Judd's Hockey Show, which you can find on this YouTube channel this afternoon, about, hey, if they don't have Jonas Brodino, they're trying to get healthy and, and they're not rushing him back, nor should they. You know, Jonas kind of fall, falls in that uh, tier two of guys that, man, if you don't have him for the playoffs, that's troublesome if you want to make a run. Tier one would obviously be Kirill Kaprizov, and uh, we're, we're obviously guessing here. We're we're still waiting a word of what exactly happened to the uh, to the wild superstar player. But, yeah, unfortunately, even though it was a good win, and there, we'll get into plenty of stuff here today on this post-game edition of Judd's Hockey Show, uh, unfortunately, kind of the A topic is what is the status of the superstar player uh, who unfortunately left the game with 10 minutes to go in regulation. I'm going to take a shot. Uh, Dean's going to say, I don't know a thing. We'll see. Looks like lower body. That's what Dean is going to say. It looks like lower body. Uh, Sarah, I don't know. 
the Wild next plays what Saturday against the Sharks in San Jose. So um, at least Kirill will have a few days to rest. The good thing, not to be Pollyanna about this, but the one precedent here that we do have with Kaprizov's time as a member of the Wild oh. was was the hit that he took from behind. Now that was different in Boston. I think it was Trent Frederick delivered a cheap shot. Uh, that was he went in. I think head first to the boards. It looked bad. It looked like it might be a shoulder. And he came and he um, left that game, but then came right back. So that so he is a tough player. But when a guy's legs get bent like that, and is, it just it's disturbing to see. Obviously, yeah, you're right. If they don't have him for an extended period, a team that has to adhere to a tight checking system is going to have to adhere to an incredibly tight checking system. All right, let's get to the good news. Mm-hmm. Mark Andre Fleury. I mean, right now, Dex, the Wild has two goaltenders that are just playing great. Uh, since Fleury had that awful game against the Abs at, at home that the Wild should have won and they lost, you know, he came back with a shutout in Columbus in which he didn't really face a, a ton of shots, played well. But I mean, tonight, what, 40? The, the last the last thing I had jotted down was a season high 46 saves. It might have ultimately been more than that. Um, just absolutely saved the day, saved the game performance. Um, that was a that was everything that Gustafson's done, and sure. just you know, it's so impressive to see him come back, and he was absolutely outstanding tonight. Man, it, it's a good thing to have when Mark Andre Fleury is now your number two, uh, and Philip Gustafson obviously has been the kind of star of, of of the show the last two months of the season. He's kind of come out of left field as one of the best goaltenders in the NHL. I mean, I, I don't think he'll get it because he doesn't get the recognition enough, but I mean, Judd, he's putting together almost the candidacy to be a finalist for the Vesno award for God's sake. It's how, with how well he has played. Um, and maybe this has motivated Mark Andre, right? I mean, Fleury is no stranger uh, to losing his job. Fleury's lost his job to Matt Murray. He's been benched in the playoffs. He's been, he's been the backup for a Stanley cup teams uh, with the Pittsburgh Penguins before. So, that's kind of actually, and I, we talked about this, I think, too, when, he, we, when the Wild acquired him a little over a year ago, that even though that happened to him at one point in his career, I think that serves him well, right? He's a guy who's decorated. He's a first ballot NHL Hall of Famer, and he's been through some trials and tribulations, the highest of highs and also the lowest of lows, and he's, and he's dug himself out like he did towards the end of Pittsburgh, goes to the Las Vegas Golden Knights as their guy, becomes a Vesna winner again in a different uniform, and is now at the, let's be honest, the tail end of his career, and rightfully so. I mean, he was mulling retirement from what the reports were this summer. Um, so the fact he's able to dig himself out of an up-and-down season where he got off to a horrible start in the first two games, kind of rebounded a little bit, and then dirt towards the holiday, you know, kind of hit a little bit of a wall. But recently, again, now is playing pretty good. This is good. These are good problems to have for the Wild. It's, it's again, reminiscent to what you've been saying about oh, the 0-3 yeah. team uh, between Manny Fernandez and Dwayne Rollison. But this time, it's Marc-Andre Fleury, a former Bolt, uh, Vesna winner and Cup winner, and a rookie phenom in Philip Gustafson. And I think the good thing here, too, is un- unlike unlike last year when they acquired uh, Flower and Cam Talbot clearly started to sort of pout, and then Fleury played in, what, the first five playoff games. T- uh, Talbot, in his defense, was brought in far too late by Game 6. But, you know, this feels like a real shared net now and so like if both guys are playing great i don't see a downside it would be one thing if you had a feeling that one of them was pouting about not playing more but i will say this as far as hit the image that 
Gustafson portrays as a player in the room as a goaltender. Uh, Philip Gustafson never changes, and I'm that's not a cliche. He was the exact same last night, which was a frustrating game. That's a frustrating loss. Sure. Now he played; he still played good, but it's a frustrating loss. He was the exact same last night as he was after his last stellar performance at home. And so I think between the two, and Flurry's a class act. He doesn't. I I I think to your point, I think he gets it. He's older now. Um, I'm guessing he is thrilled in in some ways. As long as he feels he's playing well, I'm guessing he is absolutely thrilled because Gustafson playing well. You know, if you're Flower, you don't want to be playing every night or back to backs. So yeah, I think this works out perfectly. Now, if Kaprizov is lost, and my guess is he's lost for a few games. Hopefully, it's nothing really bad. Because uh, all bets are off. I, I mean, this entire conversation changes if, if it comes out that he's done or he's out for weeks and weeks. But if he is out for a few games here too, Dex, you know, the one thing, and just to be very clear, I'm not saying Caprice out being hurt is good in any way, shape, or form, okay? So I just want to be very clear because I think, as, as my old friend Sid used to say, the selective listeners hear things. Uh, <laughs> and so this would be very bad. But the one thing about this with Dean as coach and this team is they are right now, for the most part, so geared to play their system, Declan, that it's not like you're saying, well, Kaprizov's lost and uh, they they were scoring a lot of goals, you know? <laughs> so, like, they are, if, if they need to win a few games without him, I think they can because the system is the system. And as long as they're willing to pay the price, and the other thing, and we actually saw this after Kaprizov got hurt, Matt Boldy shot the puck. Yeah. My God, he shot the puck, and actually he had a good shot. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Zuccarello and Boldy have to start to shoot now. But if this is going to be a short-term thing, I think you can weather the storm and still have success. Uh, the system has to be e- even more defined, though, because the second period, I thought the third period was really good. The second period from the, the Wild concerned me, and I, and we saw this a little bit last night against Calgary, some breakdowns, two-on-ones for tonight the Jets, or, or three-on-ones, or breakaways. So, like, that system, if is not playing, is going to have to become even more refined. And dare I say, the Wild might have to play a more boring style, but if you can get two points in the springtime, I don't think you're going to complain about that too much. I, I jokingly tweeted out, I think, after the first period where, what, the Wild only had eight eight or nine shots. And, and Phil tweet, by the way. Uh, uh, he, he tweeted, you know, are the Wild going to mess around and get the number one seed in the Western Conference uh, to what uh, to the, uh, to what Jackson's you, saying right here. Oh, okay. The, to the, what, what, what oh, I got it. About, so it yeah. wasn't about Kirill at all. Okay, It I'm wasn't sorry. about, I, I, yeah, I don't think he was taking that into uh, consideration. I gotcha. uh, I gotcha. But, you know. Uh, I, I jokingly tweeted out during the first intermission that, hey, if you can uh, convert the new the the small chances you get and you get stellar goaltending, you take it. You take it every time. And Winnipeg was all over Mark Andre, but Flurry was, you know, reminiscent of of the goalie that he's been in, in his prime of his career tonight, and he was kind of carrying them. He did carry them to a win. Um, and the Wow got three goals on a couple fluky performances from Hellebuck, who's honestly one of the best goaltenders in the NHL. And the Wow kind of were you able to get a couple lucky ones past him, basically? I mean, that wasn't, um, those weren't textbook saves and opportunities from Hollebeck. Uh, but at the end of the day, the, the, the Wild were able to get good goaltending. You convert the small chances you can get. You take that every time. Um, to your point, if they're without Kirill here, 
for an extended period, I mean, we can kind of, you can weather it to a degree. They play a system that doesn't score a ton of goals. You lose a superstar player, it's going to be a problem. But to your point, if they're still going to win these two to one, one to two games where they get goals from, you know, a Marcus Felino or Oscar Sunquist or any of the new acquisitions they get, well, then you can kind of weather that for a bit. But if you don't have them for the playoffs, um, oh, I it's feel over. a lot. It, it's over. Yes, see, it's over. See you later. Hi, Colorado. Bye, Colorado. It's done. Um, on on Felino, second goal in th- three games. A very nice shot too. A very nice shot. Um, off of off of a uh, great. I believe it was a backhand pass from Sunquist, who who impressed me tonight more than Jordan Greenway did in like the last two weeks or the last two years. Um, but Felino has started to play well, and that is huge to me. Like he started, and it, it's uh, it's amazing, Declan. You know, Felino, you could see has started to get his confidence back. Yeah. And I mean, that's such a and Wes Wells talked about this on uh, Valley's telecast, though. That's such a like. It seems so like oh yeah okay he scored a goal good. But, you know, two goals in three games. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that he had an assist as well. And you can just see that confidence from last season starting to creep back in. And if Marcus Foligno, I'm not even saying he has to go on a heater. But if Marcus Foligno can play what I would consider to be a competent game that includes an offensive punch, that's pretty huge there, too. Because, I mean, Declan, we hadn't seen that in months we hadn't seen that in months, and now it feels like since the goal he scored on Saturday in Calgary that he's starting to play with a little bit more flair. He's starting to play like like the guy that we saw throughout 2021-22, and I mean, he already plays a playoff style, so if you can incorporate a few goals and some potential playmaking, that becomes very important to me. Yeah, look, he had unsustainable metrics that that we that we were talking about the last two seasons and you knew that he wasn't going to be just this 25 30 goal score that he basically was over the pace of 82 games the last two seasons but um he's a physical guy who can play a really good style for you on the bottom six role and if he can provide some offense here he, he puts himself in the right position right time i mean that those are good things to have right i mean you, you need yeah. those playoff type of goals uh c- come come in the come postseason time because that's how you're going to be able to get a lot of the, these opportunities. They're going to do everything they can to shut down your superstar players. And, and the Wild saw that a few years ago against the Knights with Kaprizov. So can guys like Felino step up, Erickson X step up, you know, Oscar Sundquist, who they just got. Can, can these other guys that are secondary that you don't think of and you might kind of sleep on to a degree if you're the opposition, those are the guys that are going to end up scoring some big-time goals for you. And you're right, there just seem to be a different amount of swagger to his game tonight. You kind of saw the old moose um, and yeah. he's been, he's not afraid to call himself out. He's not afraid to call the room out. I think that's why Bill Guerin has always really, really liked him. But you can also see uh, when he's on the ice and he's feeling himself a little bit. And and even if you don't watch a lot of hockey, you can, you can tell that this guy's playing with confidence. And I think that's what you saw tonight against Winnipeg. Speaking of a plan, Dex, it's also good if you're trying to, to drop weight to have That's a true. weight loss plan. And that gives me an opportunity to talk about my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers who have a weight loss plan that took the guy on the left to the guy on the right. And if you're saying right now, hold on a second, that's the same guy, yeah. that sports dad. That is exactly right. Down 40 pounds, dropped the weight a little over a year ago now. But here's the most important thing. This plan, as I said, it's weight control. It's not a, it's not a diet. It's not a fad. It's a plan that helps you drop the weight easily and then most importantly, keep the weight off. So if you're trying to drop weight for summer and you're saying right now, I'm going to start. Each season, baby. Yeah, but I mean, sometimes you say, am I going to gain that that weight back? 
The answer in this case is absolutely not. And have I got a deal for you. Join today and you're going to get eight weeks for free. Eight weeks for free. Call now, 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A or go to Livia.com, L-I-V-E-A.com. Voted Minnesota's best weight loss program, Livia.com. Lose the weight and keep the weight off. You know, you can also challenge some great popcorn, like my friends from popcorn.com here in the Metro Judd. They're off Shady Oak Road and Highway 62, or they're just online. We have a lot of Judd's Hockey Show listeners. we got 400 people watching us right now on the Score North YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button, too, for daily Minnesota sports entertainment. And while, uh, while, while you're losing that weight with Livia, you need a nice little healthy snack. Our friends at Popcorn can help that out to a degree. So go to popcorn.com, some great flavor options. Uh, and when you're at the checkout, mention you heard this ad on Judd's Hockey Show. It helps them out, helps us out here. People like to wonder what's the best thing we can do to support Score North, Purple Daily, Judd's Hockey Show, Mackie, Judd, and Declan, et cetera. It's by helping out our sponsors. It's in the U- link to the YouTube channel, both Libya and Popcorn are. Go check them out, popcorn and popcorn.com. Uh, speaking of guys who, and I don't know if this would, uh, I don't know if this would qualify Declan as, as getting your swagger back, but you know what I did like as bad as the Ryan Hartman goal on Hellenbach was, and it was a terrible goal. That's a brutal goal. It's a five hole goal. It's a unscreened goal, eminently stoppable. Um, I got to give him credit. He shot the puck. Ryan Hartman shot the puck. He came in, he had Zuccarello to his left. (laughs) And I and I mean we saw it again tonight, and the Jets are guilty of this as well. Trying to set up these perfect plays to find a shooting lane. Drive me crazy, right? Hartman came in, he looked off Hellemuck a little bit, so it looked like he might have passed or been planning to pass. He didn't, he shot. And you know, that is again, if this is if this is where they're at right now, that is exactly what they have to to do so do i believe that hartman's the best guy to be on that first line probably not but i do think that it is uh incredibly important that you start to at least take some shots because guess what hellbuck should have stopped that puck like there's no excuse for it but but who cares he didn't right right? and you don't score that goal if you're trying to you know if you're trying to set up a harlem globetrotters type of goal so that to me was in both the case of the Felino goal and the Hartman goal off the rush. The lesson there is this team's not talented enough to try and set up pretty goals. Take the shots that you can get, and guess what? Hockey's a weird sport. As everybody says, it's a weird game. Well, well, a weird game does not require you trying to set up the sexy play. Right, and you know, to, to Hartman's point, just like we were talking about Felino, that's another guy who has come back from injury and just seems like he's playing a lot better hockey. Um, he, is he the same again? Is he the same guy that scored 30 plus for you last season? No, but is he more of that reliable role player that he was prior to last season where he kind of bursted on the scene offensively? He's looked a lot more like that type of guy. Um, and he seems to be a little bit more comfortable in that, in that middle. And I know we've kind of said, you can throw almost any center, uh, in the middle of Kaprizov and Zuccarello and look, Sam Steele hasn't been able to get in the lineup. So it's not just anyone anymore. I mean, Sam Steele has been an afterthought for the most part. Uh, so it, it, it's good for Hartman to kind of think type, try to find his game. And to be honest, Judd, if they're going to play, you know, the, this, this style and Judd's identity that he likes to see from this wild team, that when they're playing this style, it's sustainable and they can win playoff games. Well, yeah. Ryan Hartman is playing up to his level. He can play into that style, right? It fits in. It's complimentary. Um, Absolutely. And, and instead of trying to be a superstar, instead of overcompensating offensively when he doesn't have the skill, it actually complements Ryan Hartman's skill set a lot more to play this type of playoff and gritty style that, the Wild are going to have to play if they want to make a deep playoff run. Noah's comment here, we should talk about, because it's not incorrect. 
And no, Dex and I do not work for Bally Sports North. <laughs> but it says Kirill gets abused every single game and never gets or draws, I guess is is the word not gets, never draws penalties. He got abused again last night. What was the play? I think it was in the second period where he basically got abused, no call. Tonight, Logan Stanley's initial hit on Krill from behind was not a penalty, but when he puts his full weight and basically drives him to the, the ice, I think you can find a penalty there against a superstar. Noah's point is a good one. If Kirill Kaprizov was a fourth-line wing, if Kirill Kaprizov's name was Mason Shaw, I wouldn't expect a lot. I'd be like, ah, too bad. Didn't draw that. Perhaps he gets hurt, and you're like, that is too bad. But I guess I am a little bit perplexed how a guy who is not a rookie and a guy who has established himself as a, you know, at least a top 10 player, I don't think there's a debate there, um, he, he is not the MVP of the league, but he definitely could be a perennial candidate. How does he not draw more penalties? Like, how do the officials not... Kirill Kaprizov being hurt, not only is it bad for the Wild, it's bad for the league. So Noah's point is a good, good one, and I think it deserves a little bit of examination. And I know Kirill is tough, and I know Kirill can protect himself, and I know ordinarily Kirill gets up. So, like, he doesn't whine and complain and moan. But I would think all of those things would actually cause officials to protect him more. Two things. Uh, number one, a little update on Kaprizov from uh, Dean Evison in the post game. Michael Russo tweeting out, Evison has no update on Kaprizov, but he, he is hearing. He hasn't had a full act examination yet, and that oh. will happen in Minnesota on tomorrow's off day. The Wild mm-hmm. off tomorrow, I believe, practice Thursday in San Jose Saturday. Saturday. Is that right? So they are in uh, so, so off day tomorrow, Thursday, practice Friday. So there'll be a more of an update on Kirill's status when they land in St. Paul, quick little charter jet from Winnipeg to St. Paul. Um, mm-hmm. And then they'll get an update from that uh, on the, on the, on the no calls front, you know, there's times and not to turn this into flagrant howls, which you can find also on this YouTube channel with Bill Mackey and Kyle Taggy, where they break down awesome Timberwolves content. You know, there's times where cat doesn't get the calls and you can say, ah, like he does deserve some of those calls, but at the same time, it's justified why he doesn't get the calls because he kind of has an attitude and this style of that he's not going to be able to get those calls because he whines and complains a lot. Right. That's not Kirill, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like Kirill or even Dean and every hockey coach is just going to get pissed no matter what. So I'll, I'll, even leave, I'll even leave Dean out of this analogy. Um, but Kirill is not someone who is wailing his arms and mm-hmm. in a referee's face ever. If anything's ever a problem, it's always Spurgeon, the captain that goes over there to talk to the referee. It's not like this guy is doing anything to warrant getting no calls. And I think that's the bizarre part. And a superstar player and a player that typically of that caliber, like Kirill and like other stars in the NHL, kind of get more of the calls than if it would happen to your point against a Mason Shaw or a Connor Dewar. And for whatever reason, he doesn't. And sometimes as Minnesota sports fans, I think we sometimes like, they're not, they're, they're working against us, right? They're, they're hurting our star player. Um, but it is, to me, a little bizarre that a superstar and a player of Kirill's nature doesn't get the benefit of the doubt, especially in a situation like that. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Yeah, because he doesn't dive. He doesn't stay down. He's tough as nails. Like, Like when he leaves, it's a problem. Tonight's a problem. Like, this is not a, you know, nice hurt again. He doesn't leave games. So I'm just, I am a little bit surprised that, that the league doesn't do more to protect him because he deserves it. And I, believe me, I cannot say that about a lot of players in franchise history. Like, there's been, for the majority, I'm like, yeah, they get what they get. So, like, for us to talk about it on this show, it is a big deal. And, um, I yeah, it just, it, it wouldn't have saved him from being hurt, I don't think, by any means. But at least it would have it would have delivered. Uh, hey, this guy, this guy deserves that call. You can't pile on that call. And and I think p- people who watch this show know that we rarely complain of, about officials. But Crook Kaprizov not being protected is not good. Like it's fun. He's fun to watch. He's great to to watch. And quite frankly, I have no desire to watch the Wild without him. So, um. Let's wrap up here, Dex, by talking about special teams, okay? Yep. Let, let's talk about the penalty kill, first of all. I believe the stat now, 34 of the last 35 power plays against have been killed off. This is damn impressive. And I think it's part and parcel of the system now. Like, I, I think it goes it goes hand in hand with, with the fact that this team is, for the most part, aside from like the second period tonight, playing a pretty damn good lockdown game. But, you know, again... That is a that to me is a sign of the progress that this team has made, and it's a sign of, you know, penalty killing. I'm sure sucks. It doesn't look like it's any fun. You're blocking shots, you're sucking wind. There's not a lot about about it that looks attractive, but you know, with guys like Dewar and Mason Shaw and Hartman, and just go down that that list, and you know what too, Dex, without Brodeen, because ordinarily the first two defensemen to start. The penalty kill had been Spurgeon and Brodeen. And so if you're doing what this team is doing without a guy like Brodeen, who makes so, you know, a tremendous amount of like unappreciated plays, 34 of 35 is really impressive. Yeah. And it's not a sexy thing to do. And the Wild have always, for the most part, have had a really good, healthy penalty kill and guys that can do that. Um, and you know, your best guy's got to be your goaltender and Mark Andre certainly has showed up a ton tonight and 46 saves, which I believe was the most he has faced or any wild goalie has faced all season. Uh, so you need your, your goaltender to always be your best penalty kill, but that's also a product of the system. And when you guys, when you got great penalty killers like Sean Dewar and everyone else on this team that can just sell out in front of their goaltender to block those shots and make it a lot easier on them, it's going to make life even, uh, that much more easier to kill off those two minutes. And conversely. You know, the power play again, yeah. what, one goal, Judd, I think the last nine games. And yeah, it's been really regressing. It's obvious that they brought in Klingberg to help kind of waken that up, and they've kind of have 
put Kalen Haddison to the side as the saying that they, they don't want him on the ice. Um, yeah. If they're going to have John Klingberg on the ice. And at this point, um, Addison's biggest thing that he brings is power play prowess. And I get that fitting the jigsaw puzzle, if you will, their defensive pairings, it's going to be difficult to have both Klingberg and Addison active in your pairs. But if Addison is the driving force to getting your power play going, which is what he has done all season, well, then you might have to go to the drawing board and figure out how to, how can we play both of these guys and how can we also help them? How can they help us get the power play going as well? If Kirill is out, I want to see. Oh, I see what you're going to do here. The second. No, I'm not going to actually plug Kate Kalen in because I don't. I thought about it, but I can't do it yet. But anyway, if he's out, here's what I want to see. I want to see the second power play get a chance. There was one, at least one tonight where I saw the first power play stayed on the ice, the entire power play, and they had the puck cleared. So it wasn't like. We're standing there, and we're not really tired, so we're we're just going to eat up the entire entire power play. It was a we're not going to leave the ice. Which, if you're red hot, okay, that's cool. And I know there's a temptation that with Kaprizov, you know, not to take him off the ice. I'm sure on the power play, Declan. Um, but if he's hurt, I do not want to see. I don't don't know who replaces Kaprizov, but I don't want to see that group just stay out out there in perpetuity. You got to get your second group out there and at least give them a shot. Cause yeah, we're talking like nine to 10 games. Now we're talking nine to 10 games. Um, so here's the stat that Bally showed at the end too, which is super impressive here. And the, and this again, is a playoff thing, Dex. Most one goal games since January 26th. This is a graphic that they put up late in the third period. The wild has now 15 just for context. The flames, golden Knights Islanders have 10. The Wild has 15. They are 10, 2, and 3. So They're coming, man. Well, provided Kaprizov's not hurt, they're coming. And provided that Dean can do a little bit more playoff juggling when the playoffs get here. Like, I do need to see more once the playoffs start. That becomes, you know, Dean's tendency to leave things be at times, I think, is going to bite this team right in the breezers if they if and when it's in the playoffs. But for right now, it's working. And, you know, again, aside from a, a game in hand for Dallas, they're tied for, for first place. And a month and a half ago, I would have told you they had no chance. Uh, last thing without opening up a too much of more of a can of worms here on Judd's Hockey Show. But can you remember a time, and this is, I don't think, a bad thing. I'm not, this is not a backhanded compliment to the Wild pursuing the top spot. Can you remember a time that the Western Conference also looked this week? You know, just or not this, not not even this week, because there's there's a lot of good teams. I shouldn't say that, but there isn't a couple teams that have separated themselves. It's not a Colorado contenders. from last year. It's not a Colorado from last year. Like, Judd, yeah. there's like four or five teams in the East yeah. that I could legit say they have a good yeah. chance of winning the cup. In the West, it is a it's a shrug emoji. I legitimately have no idea who could win the cup in the West. You know, okay, let's go back. I think the answer to your question, and and this was a wild non-starter because they just weren't that good. I think the answer to your question is, is the bubble, right? Off that season, Dallas made the finals. Yeah. And the West wasn't. But last year, the Avs were the class of the league. So, yeah. Last year, it didn't. It certainly felt like the Wild should have been able to get by the Blues. And unfortunately, they didn't even come close. But um, I would say the last time was the bubble because Dallas made the finals. And Dallas and Colorado was coming at that time. Uh, but they weren't there yet. And so that's probably the last time 
But this is the first time, and again, this all hinges on uh, Kaprizov's health. With Kaprizov healthy, this is the first time I feel like it's, and I'll probably sound dumb, so save this. This would be the first time in a long time I feel like the Wild could make a run, like be competitive. Mm-hmm. With the way they're playing right now with Kaprizov, I'm with you. If he's out, uh, you're done. You're not going to get, you, you know, this style can o- only take you so far. And keep in mind, my 2003 comp is that Gabrick wasn't as good at Kaprizov, but Gabrick was really damn good. Right. So, like, you don't have the, if Kaprizov's out, you you don't have the manpower, the firepower. You don't, you can't replace that. Because mm-hmm. he can score that big goal. And also, remember, while Fiala disappeared against the Blues in the playoffs last year, Kaprizov was genius. Brilliant. So, but it's interesting. It's going to be fun. Um, I just hope that we find out that Kirill has a, a slightly like tweaked groin or something and is yeah. out for out for a week or so and uh, can come back because that would be a real bummer to Judd's hockey show. Yeah, that another Kirill Kaprizov is that another early vacation for Dex. I mean, I'm already going to Vegas this weekend. I took time off two weeks ago, and then all of a sudden I'm taking I'm joining the boys, the Wild, uh, you know, to play more golf by April, May somewhere. It could be a whole thing. You could uh, join the uh, uh, the uh, Spitting Chicklets crew. Could join Spit and Chicklets. I pound a lot of free advertising here. I pound a lot of Pink Whitney on the golf course, so I'll fit in uh, just just fine right there. Uh, hit the subscribe button. For By the daily. way, Pink Whitney wants to sponsor yes. Judd's Hockey Show. Pink means. Whitney, we're right Please. here. If you if if you have a business and you're saying to yourself right now, you know what? We would. I'd like to get some promotion. I like Judd's Hockey Show. Um, send Dex a note, please, because I'll do. probably lose the note. So send Dex the note. Please do hit the subscribe button for daily Minnesota sports entertainment. We got some scoops coming at you tomorrow morning with our buddy, Darren Doogie Wolfson. Of course, plenty of Vikings content on purple daily as well. This is Judd's hockey show. So hit that subscribe button too. If you want some Minnesota wow content in your feed and remember to pass shoot score and hit the subscribe button. You know, there's no room for petty bull.